0: So I always tell people, just take like your top 10 clients, write their names down and next to their names, write down all of the ways that their life has been impacted, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, their relationships. And if you think about it deeply enough, you could have a really massive and killer list. And then second to that, you should also write down what would happen if they never found you.
1: Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have awesome guests. And I said S, plural, to share with you today. Dr. Sean Dill and Dr. Lacey Book are chiropractors by profession, but they've transitioned and doing some really amazing things in the world. This power couple runs the Black Diamond Club. This is a group of 600 plus professionals with the desire to reach more people and make a bigger impact in the world. In doing so, creating The lifestyle they deserve. Their work is driven by relationships, collaboration, and a mission where health and success are known as fundamental truths rather than fundamental pursuits. I love that. They've been featured in Forbes, Bloomberg TV, Inc., Entrepreneur, and they are the best selling authors of the book, None of Your Business. Sean and Lacey, welcome to The Daily Helping. It is awesome to have you with us today.
0: Thank you, Dr. Richard. We're so excited to be on here with you today.
1: This is gonna be really cool. And I love when people are doing exactly not what they went to school and do, and they've totally (laughs) changed careers. So you guys were chiropractors and you're not doing that now anymore. Talk to us about why, how, and what went into that transition to while now you're on this new, totally different path helping people.
2: Well, to be totally honest with you, uh, we're not in practice, but mm-hmm. we are still beyond
0: passionate
2: <laughs> about chiropractic. Um, and here's here's what happened, and and it it's a perfect um, entryway into what I think that we'll end up talking about today. Is that you know as a as a young chiropractor when I graduated chiropractic college when I was 24, I was super on fire. You know, I wanted to change the world, and I believe that most service professionals are that way. I practiced in the country of Costa Rica for eight years. I wrote the law that regulates chiropractic in that country. I mean, I was just an on fire young man and I was just hell bent on changing the world. And there came a point um, as I entered into my thirties when I realized how hard I was working. And I was seeing, um, and a lot of people can't compute this, but well over 200 patient visits a day, five and a half days a week by myself, Not by I had staff, but I was the only only doctor. And I realized like even at this pace, I'm not going to, I'm not gonna change the world. And so I figured that the best way to make a bigger impact was to reach more people through more people. And so The evolution from solo practice into a franchise model which we run and then into consulting because i also realized like chiropractic isn't the one thing for everybody's everything and other people are really passionate about their thing and if we were truly going to change the world we could help them to do their thing and reach more people and make a bigger impact and so that's sort of the transition but at the end of the day when we go to bed at night we're still really passionate about chiropractic i hope that At some point in my life, this comes around full circle. What I love is here we are on your podcast, which is not a chiropractic or health and wellness podcast, and we're talking about chiropractic. So that's the part that brings me joy um, to be able to do.
0: Yeah. I'm going to jump in because I got to add my little spin on the story because he graduated a little bit before me. Let's just say that. (laughs) Um, but I also, I never thought that I was going to be a chiropractor. Like I didn't know anything about chiropractic and I always say it's really cheesy, but I'm going to say it. Chiropractic totally chose me. I used to work at a bank. And one day this lady went up to me and she said, I want you to work for me slid me her card and she was a chiropractor and literally that started my trajectory in what to what i'm doing now and again fell in love with chiropractic and we were blessed enough that people love the model that we created when it came to chiropractic but what we realized is that all service providers they struggle with the same things marketing issues sales issues and most importantly mindset issues And let me tell you, we paid the dummy tax, as our coach David Meltzer called it, the dummy tax when it comes to going through all the ups and downs in business and entrepreneurship to help more people be successful and not have to go through that as well. So it's been a fun ride, definitely.
1: I I love the the concept of a dummy tax. And I think (laughs) that's so applicable to not just business ownership, but being a dad, being you know, a spouse, like we're, we're all paying that dummy tax and uh, <laughs> that's, and we continue to, so it, yes, it's we always, do.
0: it doesn't stop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'd like to talk a little bit more, so you, you know, for you, Sean, you got this idea that you, it really, what you were talking about was scaling your impact. And if you're seeing 200 patients a day, five days a week, that's a thousand people a week you know, you do the math over, you know, years, what that looks to. So for you in particular, it had to be far grander than that. So what were some of the things that really pushed you towards creating that? You know, because a lot of people say, oh, I'd like to have a bigger impact, but you actually did it. So take us through what that evolutionary process like was like for you.
2: Well, the first thing was the realization, right? So again, I was in Costa Rica country of about, at that time, and think we had about population about 3.5 to 4 million people. Uh, I was blessed to have been uh, a featured guest on one of the reg- the morning television shows, basically like Good Morning America Today show. So a lot of people there knew me, booming business, I was doing great. And I came back to the United States uh, for a chiropractic event one year and I was sitting amongst my colleagues and nobody knew who I was, nobody knew what I was doing. And I'm not saying this from an ego standpoint, I'm saying this from a realization that there's so many other people in the world and I wasn't touching them, I wasn't impacting them. I I had a massive impact in a very small sphere. So number one was the realization that, man, I wasn't making the impact that I set out to do. A lot of people, again, believe that whatever the thing is that they do can change the world. Well, the world is a huge place um, and we've been blessed to travel the world and make small little drops of impact. Um, But then exactly as you said, I I began to understand the concept of scale. So one realization, two, the concept of scale. I talk about this a lot. There's a big difference in business between growth and scale. Growth is pretty linear, pretty much dollar in, two dollars out, whatever the proportion is, your ROI. The more you put in, the more you get out. Um, But then you reach sort of a ceiling, a plateau, and then we can go to scale where we get that exponential type explosion. And... Even in business, that that concept applies. I had learned that because in Costa Rica, I realized 200 visits a week. Let's bring more people down. Let's open more offices. I eventually had four offices. We had six DCs, two MDs working there um, and, and added to that 200. So the 200 was at my office. So I began to understand that principle of scale with human assets and the concept of teaching others and so the franchise model was birthed out of that and then subsequent to that the consulting model and that's also why we do things like this with you dr richard like reaching people that you know that you influence and that you impact that have no idea who we are that allows us to create a bigger a bigger impact cast a wider net together and lacey and i are massively massively fans of and, and teachers of the idea of collaboration. Mm-hmm. And collaboration is what allows us to scale our impact. Um, and what happens is in entrepreneurship, so many of us are individuals, we're solopreneurs. That I think is dangerous because that limits our ability to reach a lot of people.
1: The, again, the, the terms that keep lighting up for me in my brain are scaling the impact, you know, reaching more people. You're not doing this alone, you're not on an island. So I I do want to talk about the Black Diamond Club and we'll get there but I'm also curious was did the book come before that did the book come first and the diamond club after or was was it how what was the order there
0: no actually we started the black diamond club long before the book okay And again, that was just birthed out of the the need in the service provider market for finding a place where they could go and not only um, share their their issues and the struggles, but mostly share their successes. We are big, big believers in the concept that you can't give what you don't have. And service providers especially, what they want is they want to be able to give. They want to provide their service. That's why they struggle so much with the, the business hand and the service heart. They would give it all away for free if they could, right? And so we wanted to teach them how to be more successful so they had more to give and be able to serve in the way that they wanted. So the Black Diamond Club started. And then we went down this journey, a whole nother story about our our financial struggles in the beginning and how we overcame those. Um, But we hired our coach, uh, Jay Abraham, long before we could actually afford him. We were like, we're going to figure out how to make this work. And Jay Abraham, the first time that we sat in his office and did a one-on-one coaching session, it was the only time I ever saw my husband sweat ever, (laughs) was in front of Jay. But Jay looked at us and said, you have to write a book. And this was again, after the Black Diamond Club been around for a couple of years. And our initial instinct was, what? No way, we're not doing that. A book takes so much time. We don't know what we would write. What would we put in there? And then um, eventually realized, well, we are paying him a lot of money for his amazing advice. So why would we not just do what he says? And that's how we wrote None of Your Business.
2: And as luck would have it, or as, as chance would have it, uh, we were talking about we we put on this event every year um, that year. We had Tucker Max was speaking at our event. Yes. So we met Tucker. Tucker was like, this is not that hard. Let um, me show you his, how to do it. His
1: folks at Scribe helped us. And then we were able to
2: come out with the book. Yeah. So
1: that I was mean, the story. You know, you're name dropping these guys, Jay Abraham, David Meltzer, Tucker Max, you know, to, to, if that's the people who are putting you down this path that's pretty good stuff because I, I don't I don't think you can go wrong in that way so. Wait, no, but,
2: I, but I, gotta, I gotta say something I think the most important thing that I, I think that for your for, for your listeners and viewers to hear is that um, when we received the advice our initial reaction was no, no. Mm. Um, right we, we were like we're not going to do that and I think that's one of the hardest things is you know you get great advice and I always say great business advice is always counterintuitive because if it was intuitive you would be doing it already. And so you have to put yourself in a position where you're open to counterintuitive advice, but not only open to it, but that you're willing to take action on it. Um, We talk a lot about how we have received a lot of great advice that we didn't act on that probably that's part of that dummy tax delayed our success just because we didn't want to do it or we were fearful or we didn't understand it. So I think that, yes, having great mentors around you is critical, but acting on their advice is even more important.
1: You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. I couldn't agree more, I think. But a lot of times, you know, we there's a pain point and you call it the dummy text So when it hits you really hard. Right. So, you know, I was psychologically speaking, people typically don't make change until they feel some kind of a pain. You right. Know, when, when you're comfortable, you don't do it. So it's great that you got pushed in that direction. You you made the decision. So talk to us a little about the book. None of your business. It's a best-selling book. Uh, what are some of the tenets of this book that a readers going to get? Well, first of all, the premise why we <coughs> were inspired to write it is we
2: realized that the world's greatest service providers. I mean, we can apply this into any business. I feel like the world's greatest businesses exist and live in relative obscurity simply because they do not embrace the concepts of entrepreneurship. They don't market, they don't sell. You know, that's why like you see like these really cool things on Etsy and you're like, oh my gosh, this could be amazing. Why isn't this more mainstream? Right. But they're not embracing these concepts. So we really wanted to write the, write the book to help entrepreneurs literally fall in love with the idea of being a business person um, so that you can you can take your service you could reach more people so that was the premise for why we wrote it
0: yeah and then in there we go over some of our basic fundamentals that we teach in the black diamond club when it comes to marketing strategies building community Um, we talk about our story and our journey as well and how we got there and that dummy tax that we paid and then of course Um, One of our other mentors, our very first mentor, Michael Port, he used to always say um, all business problems are personal problems in disguise. So um, much of what we teach has a lot of of concepts around mindset, because, again, your mindset can dictate what your relationships look like, how successful your business is. You know, all of those things come from how you think inside. So there's a lot of those concepts in there.
1: And so I I think this is very timely because one the the issue you spoke of service providers and as a psychologist i know this because all of my colleagues have this problem that they they wanted to heal the world and that was super important to them but they were either afraid or felt guilty about charging what they were worth and and so I think that problem persists, but I also think we have another problem. You know, COVID has really reshaped our world. All of these people resign from these corporate positions so they could go after their dreams. But now you have people, it, it, it might not even be the issue that they don't want to charge with are worth. They don't know how to, they don't know how. and then they don't know how to connect with communities and people that could really help them position what, what might be the next really great idea that helps people, but they don't know how to do it. So mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about addressing those things and, and through some of the tactics and strategies from the book. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> I you know. <laughs>
2: Um, first of all, absolutely. We 100% agree. Mm-hmm. Second of all, what happens is a lot of times we provide a service and the, one of the biggest obstacles that we have to overcome is that we solve a problem for another person. Let's take the psychologist, for example. Um, maybe we're, we, we, we can solve um, relationship problems or we can solve addiction problems, depression, but we don't have that. Mm -hmm. Therefore, because I don't have the problem myself that I could solve, I have a hard time understanding the value that somebody that had the problem would see in me solving it. And I would think to myself, but I don't even have that type of money myself, right? So I was thinking about like brain surgeons, because if you think about how much does it cost to get a brain brain surgery to remove, say a a benign mass in your brain, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so a new brain surgeon probably is like, but I don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars. To which I always say, but you also don't have a mask that needs to be removed. If you did, you would probably find a way. If you were suffering from something, if you had a problem that could be solved by another person, you always find a way. I always say that people always have money for the things that they really want. If you don't believe me, I lived in in Costa Rica for many years, what many people, especially at that time, it was considered a third world country, There's people that have Ferraris and, 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 you know, very expensive cars and ridiculously nice houses, but at the same time, but they don't have other things, right? You know, so it's like, you know, people have money for the things that they value. So that's number one is an understanding of that.
0: Yeah. And I I would add to that. We, I do an exercise with a lot of uh, my clients because they do struggle with, I have this amazing service that I want to provide and I don't know how to charge for it and i don't know how to raise my fees a lot of people have set fees from the day that they opened and they've done a lot of work and they increase their skill set and they never increase them they never charge more so and it really what it is is like shawn saying it's a disconnect from truly understanding the value and the impact that you make on that individual's life with your service so i always tell people just take like your top 10 clients write their names down and next to their names write down all of the ways that their life has been impacted you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, their relationships. And if you think about it deeply enough, you could have a really massive and killer list. And then second to that, you should also write down what would happen if they never found you, what could have happened in their life. And if you can create and cultivate that list for the thing that you offer, and you can look at that list every day, it's really easy to begin to understand what you're worth and it's really easy to raise your fees and get them appropriate to the value that you provide
2: i think i I I would say the same thing just real quick dr richard is that if, if you know talking about like a psychologist if you think that somebody is trading time for money so like you spent an hour with me and so i paid an hourly rate and we had multiple sessions and after you know thousands of dollars that i paid I ended up not getting a divorce, or I ended up not losing my relationships with my with my children, and I only had to pay a couple thousand dollars for that. Long term, big picture, we're actually disproportionate in return. Like mm-hmm. we're not in fair exchange. Um, maybe I saved my my job. Maybe I you know I didn't I, I didn't lose my life because I made proper life choices. All of these things have tremendous value, and sometimes we lose sight of that because we just get stuck
1: on this. Oh, I'm trading exchange, time for yeah. money it's very true and that that's something that i talk about a lot on other shows is the hidden cost of time and you know the the example i use is you go to the grocery store and you see a bag of onions for $5 or one onion that's been pre-diced for $3 and you you might say oh well $5 you get 10 onions or whatever. No, the value is you buy the pre-chopped onions so that you don't have to waste the time. And I know that's it's a silly example, but it translates yeah. into business very well. Uh, I, I was As I'm taking notes here, you said something, Lacey, you talked about the importance of community mm-hmm. for one who mm-hmm. wants to scale a business and particularly for somebody who may be just starting a business and they don't even know how to tap into that. So talk to us about The importance of community and how do you really cultivate that?
0: Yeah, and community comes in two forms, right? It's connecting with your external community, but it's also creating a very tight internal community to promote and leverage your business. And so we always say create the community isolate the community, and then you can sell into the community. So a lot of people, when they're going out in in business, they're trying to just go out there and get one person at a time. Go talk to one person, shake one hand, market to this one individual. And what we're talking about is doing things that your ideal client is, is talking about. So maybe connecting with them on interests that they have, maybe um, marketing to them about other things that they're doing that may not be related to your business, but you're able to bring them in on concepts that they're already excited about, ideas that they're excited about, topics that they're talking about. And you can bring them into, let's say, like a Facebook community where we're just talking about things that they love And then what you're doing is you're building an internal community on something that the ideal client is all about. And then you become the trusted authority and figure, and then you can begin to sell also the thing that you provide, right? And then the next layer to that is creating deep community in your actual active clients and the people that you're already serving to create more longevity and retention. And that can be things like connecting them, creating events. If you have a brick and mortar business where they show up and maybe they're doing things like a book club, or we have a lot of clients that do community and cocktails where they're just bringing people together to get to know each other and hang out. Because bottom line, what we realize is that everybody on the planet, the one thing they have in common is they desire connection. If you can be the provider of that, create community online, create community in your business and reach out to the community that you live in, your business will boom.
1: I love that. And this is really the one thing when we talk about the ways that people have been impacted by the coronavirus pandemic, it's that loss of human connection. Absolutely. And and so, you know, when we're talking about fostering community, a lot of people don't think about that community for their clients and they should. So I love that you guys said that absolutely love it.
2: I think too that I think everybody no matter what you do you get if you sell flashlights you can create (laughs) community around that Um, and there is also uh, statistical data I I would recommend a book called Pendulum Mm. by Roy Williams that says that we are nearing a cyclical a repeatable and historically tracked repeatable pendular swing that repeats itself every 40 years and we are two years away from the peak a community life cycle and so it goes between the the we society and the me society on these 40 year intervals um and it's very fascinating and we are two years away from the peak of this we society the last peak of the me society and i don't know dr richard if you're old enough to have been a passionate fan during this time was 1983 so that was the peak of Michael Jackson, um, uh, Madonna. Yeah, the friends. whole point was to stand out, be as different as possible. It was very individualized. Right now we're in a society where everybody wears black t-shirts. <laughs> we all look the same, we try to the connect, same, we attempt to connect. And I think from a business and marketing standpoint, you must understand these trends and capitalize. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but capitalize on them so that you can reach more people and grow your business.
1: I find that very interesting and you know you wonder how much things like the coronavirus have done to impact the pendulum swing, uh, as well as technologies like social media. Probably a, a topic for another show, yeah. to be sure, but, but really interesting. And uh, my goodness, I, I look down at the clock and I see that we're already at the end. And so I, I'm shocked by that, but this has been so fun and so insightful. As you know, I ask everybody who comes on this show, and and you both get one because there's two of you, share with us your biggest helping, that one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today.
0: Yeah, I have one line that I live my life by and I think helps a lot of people, and it's done is better than perfect. So many people out there strive for perfection. Um, They worry about even getting online and and doing a live video or taking a photo. What does it look like? Or putting themselves out there, whether it's business or personally, because they're worried about this perfection that needs to be portrayed. Done is better than perfect. If you just do, you will go so much farther. So if you can wake up every day and say, I'm just going to get it done. Done is better than perfect. Your life will radically change.
2: I love it. I'll give you my line and then I'll, I'll leave your 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 listeners and viewers to to do their own um, homework, their own research on this. But mine is that history remembers people who have had a conviction stronger than their desire to please. And so often we get caught up in this whole thing of we're trying to please everybody else or people say, you know, just be you. But take a look at it. Every historical figure, good and bad. Um, who we remember, they were convicted in something, and they did not let the world shape that conviction. They stood for
1: something. Go out and stand for something, and you can make a massive impact. Beautifully said, both of you. Where can people go connect with you guys online and learn more about all you're up to?
0: Yeah, all of our social media handles. Uh, Doctor, Sh- I think it's Dr. Sean and- yeah, Dr. Dill and Dr. Lacey Buck. Um, you can find us. We are always responsive if you have any questions you can dm us message us we would love to be able to help you in any way we can and then lastly if you're interested in the black diamond club just go to blackdiamondclub.com you can find tons of information there as well
1: awesome and we'll have all that at the show notes for this episode at the dailyhelping.com well both of you guys this was fun thank you so much for coming on the show i loved our conversation today
0: Thank you. Likewise. Thank you, Dr.
1: Richard. Absolutely. And I wanna thank each and every one of you as well who chose to take time out of your day to listen to this conversation. If you like what you heard, go give us a follow on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review because that is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others.